Lords of Loud, The Summer Series. And welcome back to the Lords of Loud. And on tonight's episode, you've got just me, Lord Ben, again, as we revisit the uh, Tragic Tales of Life series. And tonight, talking about Pete Ham, who was a Welsh singer, went on to form the group uh, The Ivies, which became Badfinger, and the tragedy surrounding their career and eventually uh, his death. Well, to me, there's, there's two kinds of writing. There's, there's uh, a completely personal thing which you write about, uh, something that's happened to you or one of your own emotions. Or you can write a story which may not have happened to you, but you can put yourself into that position. Which comes easiest? Um, these days, I think personal things. But I still like to write uh, stories. You know, it's, uh, it's something I think that everybody can associate with them rather than just... It's, today, it's, uh, to me, the scene today is, is it's getting on a bit too personal, you know. Not everybody can join in with it, you know. I still think uh, the public should be able to associate with your songs and uh, become the highlight of the song themselves, you know. So Pete was born in 1947 in, in Swansea, in Wales, and formed a few different smaller groups in his, in his childhood, uh, but eventually, as a, as a teenager or late teenager, formed uh, the band The Ivies. Uh, that was in 1965. And they played throughout uh, the UK, uh, where Ham became sort of the principal songwriter for the band and, and, and lead singer. And so the Ivies came to the attention of Mal Evans, who was at the time the Beatles' personal assistant. He'd been uh, a roadie of theirs sort of in the earlier days when they were still touring. Uh, and eventually they were signed to the Beatles' new Apple Records label, which they were just sort of setting up. And word is they were impressed by the band's songwriting abilities and, and that spearheaded by, by Pete Ham. And as part of that signing, they changed their name to Badfinger. So there was some initial um, sort of indecision in the band and some arguments about what they release as their first single. Uh, Pete wanted to release one of their own compositions, uh, something you know that he'd potentially have written. Uh, but they, he was eventually convinced that using a McCartney song that he'd written specifically for them, uh, Come and Get It, would give them, I guess, you know, a launch pad that uh you know a it's a launch pad being a mccartney song but you know they, they could tell that it was you know a likely hit so uh they eventually recorded come and get it and yes it went top 10 um worldwide Yeah. 
So on the back of that, he he eventually then uh, wrote what would be a big hit for them, and that was No Matter What. It became another top 10 hit worldwide, and he followed that up with a couple of other songs, uh, Day After Day and Baby Blue. Things were looking very good for the band. Um, you know, they were starting to hit their strides, some, some great song releases, and starting to get a bit of success. And of course, with success comes the attention of, uh, of the Sharks. And uh, uh, the guy who took some interest in Badfinger was uh, one of the biggest of them all. And that was a guy by the name of Stan Poley, who uh, offered them a management agreement and would go on to essentially be the the destroyer of what could have been one of the great uh, bands of all time.
he basically signed all aspects of their of their uh, career, you know, performance, uh, royalties, songwriting, merchandise, everything up. He sort of tied everything up into these sort of holding companies, various things that were all controlled by him, and and basically paid the band just a, a, a pretty average salary. You know, so obviously they thought they were doing the right thing at the time, but that had eventually uh, go on to cause all kinds of problems, as you can imagine. There is no real perfection. There's no good revolution Just power changing hands There is no straight solution Except to understand So the band were just completing their fourth album with Apple Records and Stan Foley was trying to negotiate a deal, a new deal with Warner Brothers in America, um, some crazy deal which would require them to release like two albums, or sorry, two albums a year, or yeah, an album every six months, essentially. Um, and what turned out happening was the he, he did the deal, the, the band did the deal eventually, and they put, I think, uh, as part of the deal, they required him, Stan, the manager, to put a, a quarter of a million dollar uh, amount of money into a into a sort of holding account that had that the that Warner Brothers could access and the band could access, um, but of course he he never he took the money but never actually put that money into or never gave Warner Brothers the the, the access to that account, which uh, yeah so Warner Brothers ended up suing suing the band, which led to you know all all sorts of money being tied up it led to Stan being you know him being exposed the structures and companies he put in place had being exposed and the band members essentially being unable to access uh, money oh i'm sorry but it's time to move away though inside my heart i really want to stay Believe the love we have is so sincere You know the gift you have will always be You're the apple of my eye You're the apple of my heart But now the time has come to part So Ham's real prowess as a songwriter uh, was cemented after he uh, wrote, along with uh, Tom Evans, the bandmate, uh, the composition Without You, which went on to be a worldwide number one when it was covered by Harry Nelson when he released it in uh, the early 70s, 1971. And uh, that song you know, has become a standard and it also won him a couple of Ivor Novella songwriting awards, I think in uh, 73. So, um, 
yeah, let's let's hear that now. This evening and your face when you were leaving But I guess that's just the way the story goes You always smile but in your eyes your sorrow shows Yes it shows Well I can't forget tomorrow when I think of all my sorrow I had you there Then I let you go And now it's only fair That I should let you know What you should know That's just the way the story goes You always smile But in your eyes Your sorrow shows Yes, it shows During his time um, at Apple Records He managed to work with George Harrison On a few occasions he actually played as a session musician on, on uh, Harrison's All Things Must Pass album. And he also did a duet um, of Here Comes the Sun at, the, at Harrison's uh, concert for Bangladesh in 1971 as well. So most of this legal action that was going on with Warner Brothers was actually unknown to the band and they'd continued sort of recording the various albums that they needed to make the, uh, sort of to meet the commitment with Warner Brothers. And um, this whole time, this Stan Foley character had been sort of trying to see if he could get the band to meet the commitments while sort of holding off on the money and try and all the time trying to put off these lawsuits, basically, uh, you know, hoping that he could get the money for the various records before the lawsuits sort of came through um, or, or had to be, you know, dealt with directly. Which And so, of course, when the band found out, uh, you know, all hell broke loose. Yeah, and eventually, obviously, it all came to a head, and Warner Brothers stopped all distribution of of the sort of the records that they were in, they you know, they were in charge of, and uh, essentially halted the band's career at that point. So they found themselves in sort of 1975 with nowhere to go. Uh, they they were trying to work out how they could continue their career. Were they you know legally who could they record with? You know, could they release music? What what did they still have? What do they still owe? Warner Brothers, so there's a lot of financial issues. On top of that, Stan Foley had essentially shut down accounts and stopped, um, you know, even even sending them their their basically their salary, you know, their wage checks that they were basically getting paid out of these accounts as as band members. 
So, yeah, same old story. No, no money, nowhere to go. Um, yeah, desperate times. And as the core creative of the band, um, yeah, this obviously affected Pete Ham. He couldn't. He was in a position where he was, yeah, not making any money. Basically, had nowhere that he could release uh, his music. Yeah, he was thinking. He was at the time. He was thinking up and leading up to this, they were thinking they were doing fairly well. He'd, he'd just bought a house. He'd moved in with his uh, current girlfriend, and they, uh, she was actually pregnant, and expecting their, you know, their first child. So, you know, he tried during that early period of '75 to he continually tried to sort of contact Foley and find out what was going on, um, but he could just never get onto him. And so, on the night of April. 23rd 1975 he got a call from the US um, uh, from uh, various people who have been trying to look into the the accounts and things for him um, letting him know that essentially all of his money had, had disappeared uh, that this uh, Stan Foley had essentially you know run off with all, all the band's uh, money and uh, that he was essentially broke so out of desperation uh, he met up with uh, band member um, Tom Evans, and they went drinking and, uh, yeah, got very drunk by all accounts, and Evans dropped him home late that evening, and unfortunately he decided to go down to his uh, garage where he had a studio set up, and he hung himself. his suicide note read I will not be allowed to love and trust everybody. This is better P.S. Stan Poli is a soulless bastard I will take him with me and so with that uh, you know Pete Ham died uh, three or four days before his 28th birthday 
making him a member of the, the 27 club. And there we were again, losing a great songwriting talent to the music industry, you know, over, over essentially what boils down to, you know, financial issues and, and, and mismanagement. And he, you know, leaving behind his, his girlfriend and unborn child. And to add further sort of tragedy to the story, his great friend and band member, uh, Tom Evans, who he co-wrote uh, Without You, several years later, just unable to cope with further troubles that the band had, uh, trying to re rebuild and, and sort of, you know, reform and, and other financial issues, plus never really fully dealing with the loss of Pete Ham, actually committed suicide himself. So, you know, two members from, from Badfinger end up uh, ending their lives over over what could have been you know, one of the one of the great, very successful bands of, of all time. We are yesterday. We are today. We are tomorrow. We are timeless. We are then. We are now We are the future We are timeless We are the sorrow We are the pain We are the sunshine And so that's the story of Pete Ham. Um, I hope you've enjoyed that little trip down memory lane there, exploring his music and, and life, short life, albeit. Um, but yeah, so please join us again on Lords of Loud. We'll be back very shortly with our regular programming. Until then, check out our social media pages and hit us up on those, uh, Facebook and Instagram, both at Lords of Loud. And until then, uh, stay safe and we'll see you soon. Lords of Loud, the Summer Series. You've been listening to Lords of Loud, the Summer Series. Don't forget to check us out online, lordsofloud.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram.